Yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie, and oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. And my name is Matt, and laying the foundations of our new empire is of the utmost importance. Yeah. Yeah, fuck those rebels. Yeah. <laughs> even if they don't even exist yet. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 8, Truth and Consequences of The Bad Batch, which is the second half of the uh, two-parter um, from last week-ish for us. But uh, before we get into it, um, we have something special. Uh, we're going to have something, um, an unboxing or mail call. Mail call. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we send our uh, each other like Christmas gifts, birthday presents periodically. Um, mine is becoming more of like it was a Christmas present. Now, then it was going to be a birthday present. Now it's just going to be, well, when it gets to you because of just it's taking forever due to the person making it. I feel so unloved. <laughs> yeah, wait till you get it. <laughs> All right, cool. So I know this is great for a, an audio format. I made cool. sure to bring a knife. So you received a package today from me. This is a birthday gift from me to you. Yeah. And you haven't opened it yet, have you? No. Okay. So I've 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 cut the box open. Okay. It's ready to go. Go ahead. Yeah, I had yeah, I had a birthday not too long ago. I turned, well, one step closer to being 50. Almost dead. Yeah. It feels that way. <laughs> Oh, so it's something Star Wars. Hmm. Wow. That Shocking. blows my mind. Oh, you didn't. Oh, the fucking tikis. Open it all the way. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Mandalorian tiki and uh, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> yeah, so my. So, for my birthday, our birthdays are pretty close. Or within a couple weeks. And my wife told my mother that I wanted Star Wars tiki glasses. And it was it was one of those weird like gift ideas I gave to my wife. I was like, if you ever just want to get me an I love you a gift, just get me a Star Wars tiki glass because they're not expensive. Yeah, they're they're more expensive than a regular glass, but if you had a few of them it would thematic right for like a party or something so my mother bought me a bunch just because it's a mom thing to do and i sent you a photo and you were super excited about them and you told me that you drink out of a great wolf lodge tiki glass or like a plastic one yeah yeah it's just like this um it's just like some uh brand of they they make all sorts of cups and then the great wolf lodge just slaps a sticker on it and so that gave me the idea for your birthday. I would just send you a couple. Like, I would just order a couple. And Mandalorian was starting, so I got you the Din Djarin one and the Admiral Akbar one, because I thought it was funny looking. Um, yeah. And now we can yeah. have a segment where we tell each other what we're drinking out of our tiki mugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to... Yeah, because uh, I... I'm kind of hungover right now, so I'm uh, from. I, I I went out for the first time in a long time, 
last night. Um, but yeah, I'm going to find some fruity uh, umbrella drinks to uh, put into these. And, and then... And I'm currently drunk, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, um, yeah... I'll drink out of the Mando one, and then like I'll I'll give like whoever's like visiting like they want to drink, I'll give them the Akbar one, and then like but right when they take a sip, I'm gonna be like, no, it's a trap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Don't roofie your guests, please. That <laughs> <laughs> would never do that a- anymore. <laughs> it's. Anyway, I got I got these for you because I thought it'd be fun to to I know you drink those like vodka and um, rum drinks sometimes. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a couple of glasses that you can sit on your shelf in your office. It won't bother her. It's just it's just a drinking vessel. Yeah, I didn't I didn't tonight. But next week, I will fill my Chewbacca um, tiki glass with something, and I'm texting you a photo of me holding it right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna look up um, daiquiri. Um, oh yeah, uh, daiquiri recipes. All right, text you a photo of me holding the Chewbacca one. Um, I was googling tiki drink recipes earlier. And we don't have the right ingredients to do one tonight. Plus, I went out with my wife to a bar that we love. And we stayed an hour later than we wanted to. And we had Ubered and blah, blah, blah. I was in downtown D.C. And I'm a little buzzed and wasn't going to make myself a liquor drink. Um, Just going to power through the notes and drink these three beers on my desk. Yeah, I, I I tied one on pretty good last night, so I'm just like even the thought of like alcohol right now is just kind of. Hmm. <laughs> I woke up at three in the morning. It's like, why does my head hurt? And I'm all right. You're drunk, and you didn't drink any water before you passed. Before, yeah, you didn't drink any water before you passed out. So. Um, other than then the package, which I'm super excited that you're happy. Yeah, no, like when you sent me those pictures, I was like, "That's the co- those are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. You have two I don't have. Um, I think I, we talked, we texted back and forth a little bit about it, this. I think there are about 30, and I think I have 10, and now you have two that I don't have. But I figured two was the right number to start, because then you would have one and a spare, Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wanted to give her some drink too and make her drink out of Akbar, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put like one like like clamato or something in it because it's C C related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. clamato is big out here. No, it's not. Know. Well, certain populations it is. <laughs> sure. No, my my wife's cousin's husband tried to get me like this clamato drink, like at like a Thanksgiving, and I'm just like, I'm trying to be polite, and I drink it like, well, this is 
this is great. <laughs> just kind of like wandered off. I'm just like, I'm just going to put this over here. <laughs> Oops, I forgot it. <laughs> the other the other reason why I sent you the mug is now that I've had a bunch of these, no, since I have, like, I have 10 of them, six big ones and four small ones, I put a photo on our Twitter at, at Yubcast if anyone wants to see them. Um, they're high quality. Like, they're super nice ceramic. And so they're worth the price. And so I, it was weird when I was like, just like shopping for them as like a novelty. I didn't know if they were any good. They could have been shit. It's easy to get shitty tiki stuff. But these are, these are really nice. And so I'm happy that you have, have a glass, have a couple mugs, and that we can every once in a while check in with each other and, and say like, what alcohol are you drinking while we're trying to fool Audible into giving us a subscription? I, I'm just looking at their website. It's a lot. You They've... could fucking go bananas. Like, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a, a lot. There's a BB-8 with like a, uh, a straw. There's not just a, Star Wars. A Bantha, a Bantha punch bowl set. So it's like, so like the like the Mando one can sit on top of it. It's it looks huge. And there's an there's an AT-AT one. Stop. I'm 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 trying to control the Soka one. Sanity. <laughs> I don't know if you've talked about our Star Wars Christmas gifts on the pod, but I sent you a photo of the wine glasses my wife got me, right? Uh I don't know. The there's six stemless wine glasses that look like Star Wars Christmas sweaters? No, I don't think you did. Oh, I thought I had. I'll send you a photo later. But I've got wine glasses now, and I use them as highball glasses to make <laughs> old fashions and things. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I drink way more whiskey than I do wine, although I'm trying to be a small yay, so I'm trying to drink more wine, but I'm lazy about my wine studies. Anyway, I have I've got those as like whiskey wine glasses and I've got these as my tiki glasses. So I'm I'm really impressed with the quality, but I'm not going to go down this. I'm not going to get a punch bowl that looks like a death star which exists. <laughs> Holy cow. I could get an I could get an ash from the Evil Dead tiki. Yeah, it's not just Star Wars. Whole... Like a Freddy Krueger, Jason, Rick and Morty, any nerd thing you want. Oh my god, I could just when I get like one, like another, um, when I start, or I, when I get um, a a handle on um, some like thing, I go bananas on and start spending a ton of money on, uh, and I then find another thing. Uh, so this might be my new thing. If you want. I'm the invitation for my wife to buy me additional tiki glasses exists. <laughs> I think if we're going to host six is probably not enough, but if we're going to just have like another family over six is definitely enough. Probably my terminal volume is 10 to 12. I'm not going to get every single variant of this, but this is, you know me and alcohol and Star Wars, right? This this is a confluence of my interests. Mm-hmm. And I was at a bar tonight with my wife, 
just in downtown DC and someone walked up to us and started talking and said like, Oh, you're Matt, right? I was like, yeah, I guess so. Cause I know how this conversation goes. I was like, I'm just trying to have a conversation with my wife and like have a nice dinner out. And this guy ends up buying us like four beers. He's like, I wasn't paying for beer anyway. So, all right, you can pay for my beer. Well, a burger. You, you, you've, you've achieved local uh, local celebrity status in a very pathetic way. Yes, but anyway, other than the box that you just opened, did you do anything fun Star Wars this week? Uh, no, just other than trying to get your 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 uh, gift. Um, um, to you, um, n- not much. And then just watching this random Star Wars because love me some Star Wars. I watched two episodes of Kenobi last night, the second and third episode, and I I already knew this, but I decided after that watching that I love that show. That show is super fucking rewatchable, and it's terrifying to watch. You and face off with Darth Vader in a duel and get dragged through burning sand. Oh yeah, yeah, it's terrifying because like he, because Vader goes on a like a rampage, just killing everybody. He kills a kid. Yeah, and then like this is something like he's been waiting for, and he's this this like I, I don't know how does he say it exactly, but it's like oh Obi Wan, your suffering's only just begun because he's gonna. He's going to flay Obi-Wan alive, probably, if he got his chance. They have the Tomb of Jedis in the Citadel. And it's it's like the best outcome possible for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to be frozen in some weird epoxy forever as a display toy for the Inquisitors to jerk off to. <laughs> Right? Or whatever the fuck they do with, uh, with those tombs, right? And that that's a that's the best case, right? The worst case is is like Vader's gonna rip him apart atom by atom to practice on the Force. Mm-hmm. It or is he, fucking terrifying. Yeah, or he's gonna do exactly what uh, happened. He's just gonna like just burn him alive and sever him, you know, limb by limb. Yeah. Then turn him into a cyborg monster and then just just torture him endlessly yeah there's no good ending for kenobi in that show it's and once again like we talked about it at the time i don't think i don't know if we talked about it on the pod or not i love that it's leia that the fact that it's little girl precocious arrogant spoiled rich girl in over her head doesn't visit leia is perfect for me because it's it's a story i didn't think i would get mm-hmm. is, is she texting you yeah i sent i sent her a sorry i sent her a um a link to the golden girls tiki's because she loves golden girls <laughs> <laughs> she laughed and she's like but no and i'm like oh. too late <laughs> <laughs> well i hope she appreciates that i get that i sent to yeah yeah I, I mean, there a lot of people shit on this show, but I mean, there are some things like I, 
I get annoyed with like little kids outsmarting adults after a while. Um, just because like, like the home alone sort of thing. It's just like, okay, stuff, stuff that's catered to kids. Like, yeah, the kids kind of got to be smart. Cause you got to, the kids got to be able to believe that they can outsmart the adults. Whatever. But at a certain point though, I'm just kind of like, yeah, like, I mean, I made, I may have been like a naive kid, but like, even like kids were like put together and like, no shit. We'll still get rolled, kidnapped, all sorts of bad things happen to them, no matter how smart or sassy they are. So I, I have a little bit of problem with kind of like um, Leia being um, so um, she's kind of very much like the Kevin McAllister character, while Luke Luke is more like a little kid where they're just like they tell him to hide and they just tell him to run. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to push back against your point of view because it's it's completely valid. My my thinking is is it's a difference in between being like a independent latchkey kid who comes home and makes his own snack and then cooks his own dinner four to five nights a week as opposed to someone who has maids in waiting. Mm-hmm. Right? She thinks she's important, so she acts important. But anyway, um, I don't want to re-adjudicate Obi-Wan right now, but if we want to do an Obi-Wan episode, we can. <laughs> we, can do a, we can do a Mando episode, too. We, do. we focus on animation, but there's a lot of non-animation cool shit happening. But Oh, yeah, there's... Yeah, we, I mean, like, if we were getting paid for it, we could do episodes on everything, but yeah. unfortunately we are not... We will. Hint, hint. We will. We will. We'll get paid in boner pills. Yeah. Um, this is this is Oprah the Vision shit, which I yeah. just I just wrote like a pseudoscience article on why that doesn't work, but um, it's going to work for us. Yes. And then we're going to get um, invited to celebration, and we're going to be in a uh, we're so, going to be random stu- stormtrooper or alien in the background that if you blink you'll miss us. Yeah. Did you do... You said you didn't do any other Star Wars, right? No. No, not really. I'm I still um, seeing if my son will sell me his toys, his Star Wars toys, right. so I can just put them up in my Star Wars collection. Um, but, it'll happen. Um, for my week, I think I told you that the kids and I, after watching Mandalorian Season 3 debut, that's the week we're in, by the way, everybody. It is March 5th. Um, so the Mandalorian season three, episode one came out a few days ago. Um, I told them that we could 3d print a sort of fairy door, but it's an Anzellan, like a star Wars sized or star Wars style Anzellan sized door to put on the wall in the basement. So it looks like the Anzellans live in the wall. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I, I, I really like that. So we've, we've picked out the style. I think it's going to take probably four or five days to print all the pieces and then probably a week to paint and dry and then mount. So two weeks from now, we'll have an Anzellan door in the hallway. I'm going to let the littlest man pick the placement of the door. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun, fun little detail for the Galaxy's Edge. Or you need to 
help me think of a glub character that I can name my basement after. <laughs> some some fucking nothing character and just call it that guy's cantina or something because I don't want to call it Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just like Oh, you can even get a like a, a sign made up. Um, yeah, I want to get a sign, but I want to I want it to be some obscure characters who whose story would support that they would own a bar. Oh, I mean like Shaggy. I was gonna say like Shaggy's. But he's mm. dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Um, I don't know, like Therm Scissor Hands or something, like. Something like that. How about uh, Wilbro Hoods? Uh... Oh, yeah. That might be good. Because I just got... This is the other thing that we that we recently got, is we got a ice cream maker. <laughs> um, it was part of my Mando build-out. What's it called? Comptano? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we have a comp, like an official Galaxy's Edge Comptano now. Criticize me all you want. Yeah. No, that's yeah, yeah. Just something. Just, just somebody like super. Uh, he's he's fairly obscure. Who's fairly obscure? He's Wilbur, uh, Wilbur Hood, or just like some other alien. We could talk about it later. Come up with. Yeah, I'm on board for the conversation for sure. Other than the gift giving, my Star Wars week has been pretty tame. I set up a droid building depot in the basement and I laid out all the R2 parts and I told the boys that we're going to do all the electronics in the next two months. So that's going to be a lot of work. But we're going to put we're going to mount the servos for the head or the dome and the body and we're going to get everything get the motors running in the next 10 weeks. Basically, I have a friend coming to visit. He's coming to D.C. with his family to do the tourist shit around July 4th. And I told him that R2 would be like scooting around if he came and visited. He's a huge Star Wars guy, too. Yeah. So he, he wants to see R2. Your, your boys, like when they go off to school, if, if they if they if they go to a. Um, if they go off to like a, a school where they like live in the dorms, or like, or if they go into the military or wherever, and and like, and they're just talking with their colleagues there, and like, like your dad didn't build us an R two D two, and it wasn't just wandering around the house, and he didn't play pranks and shit, like, and everybody else is gonna be like, no, what what, what kind of fucking life you live? I don't have a whole lot of else Star Wars stuff going on. I obviously this week was the debut of Mando, and we sort of like to sequester our feelings about other shows and bonus episodes. But um, how are you feeling about Mando? Just so far, so good. It like they uh, the second like the season uh, episode one, season two just came out like a like a gunshot, and it was just wild. So this one. It's playing a little bit more cool, but I'm hoping that it will um, that it will speed up. That it's just kind of like setting things up. But uh, there's there's nothing other than like the the um, the kind of the the big croc fight at the beginning, and then like the the um, 
the uh, Starfighter fight, which those were actually, to be honest, pretty sweet. I guess I was just expecting more of like the A plot with like Mando, Bo-Katan, the, the cult, uh, Darksaber sort of stuff, but it still had great stuff in it. Like that, I mean, the huge croc monster, the fact that it did like a death roll, like a, like a croc would do, um, I thought it was great. The, the baptism scene I thought was great. Um, actually, I, I think, think of the, the kind of the zombie IG 11, that was great. Big T2 I mean, moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually really happy with it now that more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your rundown is a highlights reel. Like it's, it really shows what was good about it. Right. Mm-hmm. The croc roll, when it happened, when we were watching, I actually said like, oh, alligators actually do that, right? That's like they they'll they'll snap their prey over like that and try to drown them. So I, w- I was really happy to see like some real biological behavior. Um, I I think I described it to you as a, a really long trailer, but it's. I was smiling the entire time, if that makes any sense. There's, so it was released the same day as a Bad Batch episode where the Zillow Beast reappears, and we're going to get to that in a couple weeks. And I enjoyed that episode more than Mando, but that's like saying, did you want like a piece of chocolate cake or a piece of vanilla cake? Mm-hmm. I love them both. Yeah. It's like, do you want a piece of apple pie or a piece of chocolate cake? If I can have both, I'll have both. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, we're definitely going to be spoiled for a couple of weeks until Bad Batch ends. It's it's a good episode. The We'll get into it, but the Mando, like, asteroid dogfight was shot from the point of view of the pirate. And it was like a horror film from his point of view. <laughs> it was so oh. good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was great because it's all of a sudden just Mando just shows up and or like the, the the one pirate just looks and all of a sudden just like there's just an explosion in the background just meaning that like one of his buddies just got killed. Yeah, it's like it's like like oh you had sex earlier in the movie and so Jason's gonna kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna kill all your friends trying to get to you. It's it was good. Yeah. Um, but it's like uh, people are criticizing online and my response is it's light on plot, but it's one of eight or if you want, really want to think about it, it's one of 24. It is a beat and it's been over two years since we've seen him on, since we've seen a Mando episode. He was in Book of Boba Fett. So go watch those episodes. They're good. Um, we'll talk about the timeline issues on some other episode. Let's just do a Mando yeah. episode at some point. Yeah, but one thing, like this is the last thing I will say. A lot of people are like shitting on it because of the pirate captain. He he kind of had like a swamp thing going on. It's like swamp thing, Pizza the Hut. Yeah, sort of you know what? I don't. I personally don't care. There was a there was an actual pirate, or no, it was like a general in like the Thrawn books who had like some sort of like something similar like where he had like some sort of um 
he had like some it was like some sort of like parasite or some sort of fungus or something growing on him, some sort of symbiote. Yeah. I I hadn't drawn that connection, but now that you're saying it, yes, absolutely. This is established Star Wars. When I saw it, I got this whole like I think I texted you like Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. But I saw someone else tweeting photos of him and saying, is this the most Star Wars or the least Star Wars thing I've seen? <laughs> I can't tell. And that's what Star Wars is fucking great at. I've I've always given Star Wars credit for biodiversity. There, Of course, there's a pile of lettuce who's a fucking pirate captain why wouldn't there like what does it fucking matter like and then i got in a, i got in a twitter argument because someone some film critic said like we don't know anything about this pirate cap- captain and i said like you like in my version um you see him as a teenager not getting enough attention from his stepfather and then him falling into a bad group and getting his girlfriend pregnant and losing the baby and like you didn't see that version <laughs> and he shit on me, and I was like, "Like he's a fucking villain. What do you want?" <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, like, like how many Star Wars is all about just fucking just random aliens that you don't know shit about, and you'll never know shit about. You're always dropped into the middle of the action, right? It's like, it's like saying, like, I don't know why the Star Destroyer is firing on the Tantive Four. Yeah. Like, like what the fuck? What's the point? Like. Are we going to learn about who this Darth Vader character is and why he wants to arrest Leia? What the fuck? <laughs> right? It doesn't, like, it's... Oh, you're going to get eight more. You're probably going to get 16 or 24 more. Yeah. Because Favreau's like, like, oh, we've already written season four. We don't know when this is going to end. Because cha-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. But, like, I'm the idiot paying for it, right? Like, just feed me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch... 100 episodes of Mando, just keep it good. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's a, they're, they're printing money, hand over fist. Why would they stop? All right, do you want to move on to the show? Yeah, we should probably do that. Sorry, guys. Sorry. And girls. Sorry, everybody. All right, so today we're reviewing Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 8, Truth and Consequences, which is the... Continuation of the previous week's episode. Um, yeah. So I don't have a whole lot about the cast today, except we do have a returning cast member, Jamila McMillan. Um, she plays Senator Hallie Bertoni. Um, and she has multiple previous credits in Clone Wars, playing the same character, but she also plays Queen... I'm going to fuck this up. Nihutuni, who is the queen of Naboo during the Blue Shadow Virus arc. And she also was on episodes of iCarly and Walker, Texas Ranger. I want to get this out in front. She's basically the guest star today. Um, She has this previous Star Wars actor credit. But the character she's playing today is... Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And for those non-Americans, because <laughs> we do have downloads outside of the country, Halliburton is an oil company who ran a mercenary army 
for the U.S. to secure oil reserves in the Middle East during our the U.S.'s wars in the early 2000s. And she was named back then. <laughs> Not now. But Hallie Bertoni is an obvious reference to Halliburton because Hallie Bertoni represents a race that makes a mercenary army for the Republic. Any commentary before we get into the That's, you review know, of the episode about Hallie Bertoni? I think that's brilliant. It's because perfect fucking Lucas. <laughs> yeah, because everybody shit on that company and then like as soon as like maybe a few years into Barack Obama's presidency everybody just forgot about about them and all the shit let's bring it back up yeah <laughs> Halliburton Halliburton convinced the United States to go to war to secure resources for their bottom line um I'm not gonna go any deeper than that if you have hey, with that yeah engage yeah, with fine. us on Twitter yeah, it's not the first time that uh, that um, that uh, U.S. foreign policy has been um, uh, molded by a, a company. Look at um, look into the National Fruit Company. Yeah, yeah. Well, why bananas are so fucking cheap in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. You can thank the Marines. <laughs> fucking a. I listened to a recent history of that. And I got so fucking sick. Also, Cavendish bananas are not the best bananas. So, there, I said it. Okay. All right. I'm doing the plot summary this week. Uh, the show opens up with the Marauder approaching a planet. Um, inside the Marauder, Omega is practicing meditation. Gonky is rambling around. Echo asks Omega what she's doing. She describes her meditation technique. Echo says he doesn't like solitude. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he references uh, him being a prisoner on Skekel Minor. So I can imagine that somebody who's gone through what he has gone through, last thing he wants to do is be alone with his thoughts. Right. Um, Echo and Omega have this conversation, and Echo says is. He joined Bad Batch because that's where he fit it. That's where he fits. This is what he needed. Mm-hmm. It's a foreboding conversation. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and and um, you find out that um, uh, Gunji taught Omega how to meditate, but then they make sure to quickly squish that. No, no, no he, 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 but she, she can't do it the way he does because he's a Jedi. So just let's squash that like she has any possible force sensitivity. So are you at this point I don't I don't know what they're doing with Omega. Do you think she has no force sensitivity? Um I'm guessing no or she probably has the the same amount that like just like the random individual uh, sure in the galaxy has. I ask because we know in the past They've described her as a modified clone, um, but we don't know how she's modified, except that she's "quote unquote" female. "Quote unquote." Why don't we don't? There's a lot of debate on 
online about what her gender versus sex assignment is, right? And how she identifies, and I don't want to put her in a box, right? So so she can be whatever she wants, but but we know that she's a quote-unquote unmodified clone, but she's female, mm-hmm. right? And so whatever that means, genetically, she could be genetically male, but presenting female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Right, and... Like, as a geneticist, I want to make that distinction. So Rex contacts the Bad Batch and asks if they're ready for a mission. Wrecker and Hunter are eager. Rex says that he will explain what the mission is once they get to Coruscant. Um, Just about everybody in Bad Batch are unhappy with this request. Omega asks what's wrong with Coruscant. Tech explains that Coruscant is the capital of the Empire and therefore the center um, Echo says the Empire thinks they're dead, so going on this mission is very little risk to them. Rex says it's an extraction only. They won't be identified. Echo confirms that the team is on the way. Um, this is an interesting choice for the team. Um, it really showcases how much they respect Rex. Mm-hmm. So they go to Coruscant... They use sort of the entrance codes provided by Rex to get it into the planet. They slip through undetected. The Marauder descends and goes into the Martez sisters' repair garage. And the Bad Batch disembark. Rex and Chuchi meet them. This is Senator Chuchi from the previous episode. She's the Pantoran, blue-skinned senator. Um, Chuchi thanks them for coming. Rex gives them the plot summary from the previous episode. Echo and Tech ask questions about why the senator is targeted. Um, Echo and Hunter say they were at Camino as well, and Echo wants to be a witness. Um, This isn't going to be enough. And then Rex tells them about the backup data on Rampart's Venator, implicating him in the destruction of Camino. A plan is hatched to steal the data and inform the Senate at the same time. Chuchi wants to give a speech. While the data is found, Omega volunteers to go with Chuchi to help the rest go to get the data. So we're splitting up the team again. Yeah. Now, before we go any further, I just want to talk about, like, Coruscant. I just find um, the idea of Coruscant, just amazing. Just because I, I was recently just doing some some traveling, and just thinking about like, um, I mean, not like very far, but just Where'd you know, you oh, just 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 around just the general area of like the the town that I live in. But it was sure. enough to think of like, how could this be converted into like a full like city, like like this, like all of this, um, all of the terrain that's near where I am would would it get like because like because like a lot of times like in star wars like there's like each planet has just like one biome um but even if that's the case there would still be like say um there would still be like mountains um it's not just going to be just flat so how do you build like a just a huge city world on top of it and then just keep on building on top of that on top of that 
it's sort of the gray matter problem, right? Like, what if nanites took over everywhere and made everything uninteresting? Or, like, coated the world in paper clips or whatever? Um, your geography presents challenges to that, mm-hmm. right? It's it's weird. Like, the, the topology of your area makes it harder to get away with that. My area, I can see it happening, right? Just mm-hmm. make a layer above me. Everything, nothing around me is more than like 30 or 40 feet high. So just make a platform that's 100 feet high and start over. And do that yeah. a dozen times or two dozen times or 10 dozen times and you end up with Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... It was like just thinking about like the mountain like mountains, oceans, like so it gets me thinking like what's what's at the bottom of Coruscant that's barely talked about. There's some stuff in books about conservation areas in Coruscant where there's actually native peoples. Um, I don't remember the tribe in the Amazon that technically hasn't had contact with modern humans, but it's in Catalyst. There are conservation areas on Coruscant. Presumably it's just a human slash arboreal primate planet at some point thousands Mm -hmm. of years in the past. Yeah, because there's like in in the first uh, Knights of the Old Republic game, you're on a for the first part of the game, you're on a, a, a Coruscant-like planet called Terrace, uh, and you eventually do go um, to the very bottom levels, to like where you're actually on the ground. Um, and then there's some, um, probably a lot of people have played it, but um, that that there is a bottom, and but Coruscant has like like over a thousand levels, right? Because like. Thirteen, thirteen. Yeah, level thirteen, is, thirteen was a game. So, yeah, um, and is that like, and is it counting up? Is it counting down? I assume that like it's like level one, level two, and then as you go up, they're just adding another level. So there's like, ton, there's just like tons, of, tons of levels. But eventually, they never talk about going to like the super low levels or all the way down. And so that makes me think: is it like, and it. It's always hinted that the lower you go, the more uh, sketchier it is. So would it would it be like like people who live down there didn't even know that the, there's a war? So I just googled it, and it says that there are five thousand levels in Coruscant. That is more than I assumed. Um, Fifty-one hundred and twenty-seven levels have been described in various um, Star Wars properties. That's a lot of fucking levels. Yeah. And because, like, before we had talked about uh, how um, fascinating it it was to us that there had been, like, previous... um, Like, there was, like, history outside of, like, the the Republic. There was was the... um, I can't even think of the Zepho, like fire, the um, that like how there were um, there was people bef- things that happened before the Republic was Coruscant found like that, or th- did they slowly build it up? Yeah, over I mean, time? 
5,127 levels, you'd think, I don't know, like, is 30,000 years enough time? doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I know that's a lot. Because that's a ton of material. Yeah. Like, even if it was, like, a small, like, small, and like a, oh, this would be good for you, because you're, you're, you're better at this sort of stuff. Isn't that, like, just think, like, how much, like, like each level would be. I was already, I was already calculating it. <laughs> like, is it like a? Is it is it like like the you know? It seems like at a certain point it would be like the size of Jupiter. Yeah, it would get thousands of levels would be significantly distorting the radius of the planet. Um. All right. So back to Mandalorian. Before we get back to the plot summary. There's that scene with Grief Cargo where he says the Belters are harvesting. Made me think of the Expanse. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> um, I love that moment, and it just shows that everything in that universe is supply chain rather than anything else, right? So it's areas that have resources are rich, and areas that don't are less rich but they're purchasing those resources for transport. And and I I heard that Belter's reference, and I was like, oh, the fucking Expanse. And I was like, yeah. oh, I got to text Jamie, and I, I forgot, but <laughs> <laughs> I know we get on the phone frequently. So anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. All right, so Omega gets a civics lesson about senators, and while she's interacting with Omega Rampart shows up to discuss um, tomorrow's vote. And Chuchi probes Rampart saying saying he seems she seems surprised to see her. He says nothing and then tells later Mazamita Mazamita that he's taking care of her and then Mazamita threatens Rampart. This has paid off in a big way. Um, Chuchi takes Omega to the Senate chamber to show off. Omega asks about the clones, whether the clones have representation in the Senate. And Chuchi says the clones don't, but she's working to make sure that they're taken care of. An astromech shows up, beeps at Chuchi, telling her something. And she asks Omega if she can keep a secret. This is this is some good Star Wars political intrigue. It's mm-hmm. it's very yeah. much West Wingy. Yeah, I agree. I I, I enjoy this a lot. Um, except when uh, an adult tells asks a child if they can keep a secret, that's usually not a good thing. Um, this is this is an issue for me as well. You never tell a child keep a secret it's almost what's the opposite of a self-fulfilling prophecy it is it is setting yourself up for failure Mm -hmm. to say to even like a 10 year old like can you keep a secret we buy your mom a car or whatever yeah and then the second they get home they're like they're like do you like your car yeah Yeah, what if you got a new one (laughs) yeah every time that i like like um, I take the kids out. We do like shopping, or whatever. Like, I'll get them like a candy bar or something like that, just because like that's what like my mom did with me. And then they come home, and they're like, like we got candy. I'm just like, 
It's like, like I was, uh, I, I was the. Shut up. I, <laughs> I was, I was the school, I was the school mascot, um, this last week for, um, for a uh, school fundraiser. Reliance. My, yeah, my daughter find found out. Then she told all her friends because they really wanted to know, but she was specifically told not to tell anybody. It was just that's so cute. Thanks. <laughs> they really wanted to know, or you just really wanted to tell. The astromech is Bale's, so now they're all with Bale. And Chuchi describes the assassination attempt. Chuchi wants to describe her plan to Bale and everyone else. Um, says there's someone. Bale says there's someone they should talk to. Halle Burton or Tony. This is Halle Burton. Halle is the former senator from Camino. Bale says to follow the money. Money leaves a trail. Chuchi meets with Bertoni um, in her quarters, I guess. Bertoni protests that there are armed guards present. Chuchi says she needs to talk to her. Bertoni and Chuchi talk about the missing appropriations funds for cloning. Not all the money went to clone troopers. Bertoni says she knew about the money being funneled away. And Chuchi asks where the money went. Who diverted the funds? Bertoni accuses Chuchi of being a fool. Bertoni says her race is gone. And the remaining members are not her concern. This is a very fatalistic attitude. Yeah. Uh, Omega confronts her. They argue briefly. Omega says the Empire destroyed her home. Bertoni says Lama Sue was arrogant, and she suspected the Empire would attack Camino. Chuchi says, did Rampart divert the funds? Bertoni says she already knows the answer, but also, yes, he did. <laughs> it, it's, it's tortured dialogue, but it serves the purpose. Mm-hmm. Any thought about this conversation? Yeah, like her just her kind of nonchalantness about what happened to her people. Her genocide. Yeah, it but it kind of like um, like for what we see with uh, Kaminoans and their kind of their attitude, it sort of it's not that surprising. They're just kind of like yeah, whatever. There's a line I want to say. In a Star Trek episode that describes humans as being irrationally attached to their young. Um, and we're humans, and so it's hard for us to understand an, the ethics of a species that isn't attached to their young, even though we're exposed to it constantly. We have just about everyone's interacted with a frog, for example. And a frog's reproductive strategy is to create tens of thousands of offspring in the hope that one or two of them would survive. Mm -hmm. And our strategy is to create one or two offspring, or, well, yeah, depending on your religion, <laughs> and try to make them all make it. Right. You're all in on a small population, whether that be one, two, or ten. Most people don't have ten 
offspring, but you want all ten to make it. Um, you're not humans aren't producing via cloud of spores. <laughs> yeah. Like like yeah, I jizzed on forty thousand eggs, hopefully ten thousand of them will get fertilized and hopefully three of them will survive. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not playing a numbers game. And so like Kaminoans who think reproduction is most efficiently achieved through cloning might not have the same parental instincts as we do. Yeah. As I'll... highly invested mammals. Like an yeah. elephant's baby is super fucking valuable because you might get three of them from a, a, a mature female. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I viewed it more as just like um, you were, they tried to kill all of you and you don't care. Yeah, that's but, weird. Yeah, but at the same time, they might not be attached to their species like um, like we are. Like we, somebody tries to wipe out our country or like our species, we're gonna we're gonna take that personally. But there might very well just be people out there just be like, whatever, I don't care. So there's a Kaminoan. There's a Kaminoan in a book, in a novel, and people remark on how strange it is that a Kaminoan is present. Um, I don't think they go totally extinct. I'm pretty sure the timeline of that novel. I wish I had it in front of me. Um, it was one of the, I think it was a Hondo novel where they're trying to find the Falcon. Oh, one of those, uh, small, like short stories. Yeah. But, but there was a Camino in there and that, that novel's taking place in the post OT, um, space. And so Camino still exist then, but they're considered rare. I sort of, sort of like that continuity, but I hate genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's generally bad. Generally bad. All right, moving on. Um, Bertoni says Rampart is a cog in the machine, and that she basically refuses to testify. She says her word is meaningless. She's sort of a disgraced senator. Um, she needs independent proof. And Chuchi is running out of time. The Bad Batch, cut to them. They're working their way through some sort of tunnel to the Venator. They're trying to get into the shipyard where the Venator is being retrofitted. There are, are motors and electricity. Record works on the hatch with the torch. Echo and Rex discuss the maintenance tunnel. Rex says more and more clones are waking up. Echo asks more questions and Rex says... Help is hard to come by these days. Echo feels the weight of this. This is sort of the setting up Echo's decision. Any comment mm-hmm. on this? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, comment? No. I let, But I like the fact that they're seeing the more of them are kind of like realizing that they, they've been used um, and are not too happy about it. And ones that speak out are just kind of disappeared. So they need to Rex has kind of created an underground railroad to get them to safety. Real feels like that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So Wrecker gets through the hatch, but it's shielded with ray shields. Tech disables those, and they proceed to the shipyard where the Venator is being repaired. They don't think they can get the ship without a distraction. And then they see these sort of like 
hover shuttles being piloted by droids. And so they hitch a ride um, across the field on a shuttle. As they're going, tech sort of hacks into the controls and drives them to the ship that they want to get. The droid is confused and tries to override the controls, but the Bad Batch drops off onto the surface of Rampart Spinator with no issue. They enter the ship. You can see immediately that there are stormtroopers on the ship. They avoid those. Inside, um, the Bad Batch stun the personnel in the bridge. Tech says the energy conduits are offline. He needs to reinitialize them, um, and that will likely trigger some sort of security alarm because the ship is powering back up. Hunter asks how long they have. Tecker says, not long. Hunter says to work fast. He activates the Venator, and then immediately an alarm goes off. It is seconds. No, I really like this whole sequence of them, how they get onto the ship. Um and it just just seeing them like on top of it just once again like just shows like the scale of it. I don't think we've seen like a star destroyer in dry dock, and it's something that of course they'd have to do. They'd have to like download their upgrades. There's there's a whole infrastructure behind them. Be like like we have to install the new guns. We have to update your software. Here you have to. Your crew has to go to new training to learn these new procedures and protocols. All of this would have to fucking happen because they're a worthless bureaucracy. I work for a worthless bureaucracy, and I'm constantly doing new training on shit I already know how to do. Right? (laughs) Um, This, of course, would happen. And so, yeah, it would be fucking parked in a dry dock (laughs) for probably two to three months out of the year. Mm Mm-hmm just to get the software upgrades that they haven't gotten when they're in the field. This is beautiful. I, I love this whole sequence. I'm, I'm glad you like it too. Yeah. The, um, um, east, the, uh, the bridge and like the, the, uh, the room that they go through, I guess like kind of like this command room, um, map area. It's something you've seen, something we've seen many times throughout like the clone wars. Um, so it's, I mean, that's like the room that Ahsoka gets ambushed in. And she's in that map um, room fighting off all the clone troopers. Yeah, we've, we've seen it dozens of times. Like Yularen and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda standing around the hollow, hollow table getting orders or giving orders. It's it's really good continuity. But yeah, that's all I got to say about at least that part. And I do like... The fact that it maybe it was just a trick of the eye, but like when the the clones find out that something something's happening, like the the power's been spooled up in the ship, it looks like there's a light on in one of the the venators because the venators have like the the dual. Um, it's like they have got like two bridges. You got the two command centers. Yeah, and it looks like one of them is uh, the the lights are on in one of them. But it might have it might have just been a trick of like like how they were doing things to make it look like it did, or it was something else that just happened to a, a light section that just happened to be right near where the the bridge was. I didn't notice that, but it's a great catch. So Bad Batch seals the door by doing the Star Wars thing of shooting the control panel. 
Um, Texas try and transfer the data from the backup as quickly as possible. A general alarm is surrounded in the shipyard, so outside of the ship. Reinforcements are on the way. Hunter yells out codes. He's saying, like, plan 36, 5, and 97. Everyone is confused because they don't know if they should do all of them. Tech eventually says the data transfer is complete. Plan 5 is implemented, and the engines of the Venator are activate, activated. The clamps begin to fail. The clones on the ship lose their footing, and the Bad Batch power through their ranks, stunning them as they go. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was great, where they're just like, they just started up in the dock, and it just goes, and then just crashes. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful, right? It's... It's it's the most insane and destructive plan. It's like it's like oh yeah yeah we have a boot on our tire we're just gonna fucking floor it because <laughs> <laughs> we don't care we're we're leaving right mm-hmm. and worst thing's gonna happen is we're gonna tear up like the hub and everything but the best thing gonna happen is is it fucking crashes yeah and it creates so much chaos we can get away. I, I love this scene so much. It's such it's, it's just a good bad badge plan because it's like we're just going to create so much chaos. We're just going to exit during it. So the Venator breaks free. <laughs> <laughs> this is a furtherance of their plan. Like the, Venator, the, the thrusters of the Venator are more powerful than the clamps. And so the Venator breaks free and the Bad Batch fire all the escape pods. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so insane. Um, they're in one of the escape pods, and and they get away. They get to a shuttle, and they sort of ride the shuttle to escape the area. Um, and there's a commentary at this time that it's almost morning. Um, back at the Senate chamber, Rampart says the clones will be taken care of based on Chuchi's criticism. There is no reason to delay the bill to establish the army. Chuchi pushes back, saying that Senator Bertoni says Rampart diverted funds without Senate approval, trying to drum up some scandal. Rampart denies it, and Chuchi says she will launch an investigation. Yeah, the other, like, toady senators, for lack of a better term, they're, they're just like, I demand, they demand that she be, like, censured. But it's like, I think about like our current government and like senators and do just like create, say and do crazy, stupid shit and nothing bad happens to them. So it's just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, I had that thought when this was happening. And honestly, my thought was like, I wonder what their procedure is, because right now in the U.S., we're, we're talking about a, a congressperson who may have lied about his name <laughs> and we can't agree that that's an egregious enough lie to remove him from office so <laughs> yeah um outside the bad batch give omega the data from the venator with the instructions to give it to chuchi in the senate chamber chuchi is all but accused rampart of destroying camino uh, Rampart denies it, and Chuchi says Camino was intentionally destroyed. 
Rampart says her accusations are baseless. Rampart moves for a vote on the bill. Ghani Reduli, who is the Ishitib senator, um, he says Chuchi should be removed from the Senate. And while this is occurring, there's a couple other senators that say this as well. And while this is occurring, Omega delivers the proof to a bail or Ghana. Because Chuchi's out on the floating on the floor. He joins the debate and plays or gives Chuchi the tape. Um, Chuchi gives an intro and plays the tape of Rampart destroying Tapioca City. <laughs> um, I'm not going to stop talking Tapioca City. Like, yeah. I'm sorry for the dead Kaminoans. It's Tapioca City. That's the guess canon. Um, this this is sort of like the spike the football moment, and we're going to get to the rest of the episode because it's undermined 100%. But what do you think about this moment? Oh, I think it's great. I, I the the fact that like they have the ability to just like play a hologram like in the middle of like the Senate chamber, I thought that was pretty cool. And you, yeah, you do think that like, oh yeah, they they made it, awesome. So this this moment is also in the trailer that we reviewed in a supplemental episode prior to Bad Batch being released, and we we discussed like whether or not they would talk about the destruction of Camino or not, and we we sort of came down that they would want to cover it up. So I think I think we were pretty spot on there. Me personally, I think this is a really powerful moment for every like the hero class, right? Because like we can get back to the plot. But basically um the playing of this video immediately initiates an alarm. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine raises into the chamber. I don't, I don't. I don't think we talked about this in the previous episode, but Bale had basically said that Palpatine doesn't attend Senate debate anymore. Um, he's, he basically says, like, where is he? Like, if he has an opinion, why isn't he here? And why are we listening to Masamita? Yeah. And so the alarm goes off, and Palpatine in the flesh shows up, and Masamita says the unprovoked attack on Camino was conducted by Rampart and he needs to be arrested for yeah. his actions. And this is something that you and I had talked about on a previous episode about Rampart making his own bed. Yeah. yeah. And like the good Nazi he is, he's just, as he's getting like, uh, I was following orders. Exactly. <laughs> it's the Nuremberg defense. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. There's greater morality than what you've been told. Get the point of this episode? Rampart is not sympathetic in this moment. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Palpatine says he is deeply troubled. He praises Chuchi for exposing this corruption. Palpatine says Rampart will face the consequences of his actions... Uh, Palpatine says the clones followed his orders and that this is the real problem and that order requires security 
He says the clone's inability to not follow orders means that the army of the Imperial Stormtroopers needs to be passed. Yeah, I found this brilliant because, of course, he's the one that made them, that put the inhibitor chips in them so they couldn't like not follow orders. What's the term? 4D chess? This is, yeah. this is 4D chess. This is beyond manipulation. Mm-hmm. This is... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I solved this problem 20 fucking years ago. You're all just now catching up. Wait another 20 years to figure out what the fuck your problem you're bumbling into now. Because I, I have a backup plan for my backup plan for my backup plan. Mm-hmm. Like... This is the thing where it's like, of course, Palpatine cloned himself. He had 25 contingencies. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason he <laughs> only one had to work. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason he made it like he I mean, he's the product of like thousands of years of planning. Yeah. And like not to like, I mean, like because you're to get to like what you're going to talk about next is about like how they're just like. They talk about like how he was like he's he's always been one step ahead of him, and I don't think that he planned for it to go this way. But like he said, he's got just a plan for like every contingency, and he's really good at just just pivoting and taking advantage of something. I honestly believe it didn't matter to him. Like Rampart, mm-hmm. if Rampart would have succeeded, it would have been good for Rampart. If Rampart would have failed, it didn't matter to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. He had four other ways to win, and this is this is the, sort of the point. Like Rampart made his bed. Like we we've talked about like Rampart not have having earned his stripes. Mm-hmm. Like he is just a fascist toady. He's too young for his rank. He's too young for his responsibilities. He's just willing to do the shit that. A reasonable person wouldn't do that's his contribution and the backside of that is you're easily cast off mm-hmm. yeah palpatine casts him off without a fucking thought it is yeah. pitch perfect to me <laughs> i this is the best this is hitler assassinating um rom rom yeah it is fucking perfect <laughs> yeah there's nothing more important than the power including people you would kill anybody in any anything you destroy anything in your way to get to the end, <laughs> end mm-hmm. which is absolute power and palpatine has it and he just has these pawns and every piece is a pawn to him just sacks all the time. Yeah. Anything yeah. Like, else? Yeah. The, the like the even like he's just he doesn't even care about the Senate anymore. Um, he'll he'll he disband the Senate in a couple of years. Yeah. Like he he just keeps it because he doesn't have complete control yet. Once he has got complete control and like the Death Star is operational, then it's like okay, we can we can dispense all. Uh, Making it look like we're we're a regular government, we're not. Like there's no there's no opportunity for dissent if you don't allow discussion. And so, how you how will you keep 
this the sectors in check, the regional governors will. And so, so you're making, you can't, the, the systems can no longer make a direct appeal to the government. They have to go through their governors. And the governors are appointed by the empire. Mm-hmm. It, right? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's that bullshit and, and or where they're about to do the raid and they say, like, there's a monthly meeting where they can express their grievances on their fucking shuttle ride down to rest and or. <laughs> fucking good yeah. show. What a fucking good show. Mm-hmm. All right. Back at the Martez sisters' place, the Bad Batch say that Palpatine wins no matter what, and that the Bad Batch were pawns. The fate of the clones were sealed because of the Bad Batch. Not true. Um, Chuchi says she won't give up. Hunter says Rex. Hunter says to Rex, whatever he needs, let them know. Hunter and the Bad Batch start to say goodbye to Echo. Omega is confused. Echo says he's joining Rex to help the clones. Omega complains that he can't leave. He's in a squad. He made a commitment. Echo says he will be back. Omega's upset. She hugs Echo. She says she understands. They part ways. Bad Batch is now down to four members. Hunter, Tech, Wrecker, and Omega. Omega sits in her area in the back of the ship and plays with her doll. The end. Yeah, it's a great episode. Great Super episode. heavy. Mm-hmm. Ending. Yeah, yeah, very, very heavy for a uh, for a cartoon. What really for children? So, you just you just told me, but what did you think of this episode? Yeah, no, it's great. I that. It just goes to, I like to see the inner workings and it just goes to show Palpatine is just, you know, he is, uh, outside of the fact that he is like a Sith Lord, that he, like, even if he wasn't, that's just mass, that's just, that's just like a master class and just like flipping the script and like getting what you want anyways. Yeah. You I, know, it was, a, it was a catch 22, like no matter what they did, they're going to lose one way or another. Yeah. They were. It's a catch twenty two is a good, good cultural reference. I think they they were damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they would have succeeded, they succeeded, and the outcome was the clones were replaced by the stormtroopers. If they would have failed, Rampart would have proceed would have succeeded, and stormtroopers would have been replacing the clones. It's it's wild that those were the options. Mm-hmm. The only the only difference was is that our protagonists were put in harm's way. Yeah, I love the futility of it. Yeah the the fact that like Palpatine can't be bothered by such things anymore because he's just doing whatever it is that he's doing, thinking, planning, shit or dark side crap. It's only when like only when like he has to he'll like make an appearance because he's still. Maybe this is me just reading into it. He still wants to be considered like a benevolent leader um, because he doesn't have the stranglehold yet. He presents himself to Ezra in a hologram as a normal human. I'm curious how carefully he curates his image in the galaxy. Oh, um, the Battlefront 2, the, the campaign. 
for it. Um, you'll see you see posters of him uh, as a young man, not like not um, not younger than we see him in the um, than, than in like episode one. But he's he's young. He's not. Uh, he's just wearing nice clothes, and there's just all these like posters of him that he just looks like a normal. He just looks like a normal a normal guy. Right, and so when I th- when I hear something in a movie or like in a show, it's just like like oh, he doesn't control himself. It's like is that because he's controlling his image? He has to be because it has to mm-hmm. be off putting to people for people to see his disfiguredness. And even in the Senate scene, he is cloaked. He's wearing a cloak that obscures his face. Yeah. Yeah, like um, in the game, not the, sorry, not the game, the book, uh, Lost Stars, um, when he arrives on the second Death Star, um, the the main female character, I, God, I can't think of her name right now. Um, she's been like loyal to the Empire this entire time. Sienna? Sienna. Sienna, yeah. She, like, he just radiates malice. And she immediately was like, why the hell am I doing this for this ghoul? Just, like, just everything about him was just, like, terrifying. And so it's just like, yeah, he's definitely, like, he's keeping a, he's trying to keep um, an image of a benevolent leader. He's just an, an older man. He's not, like, evil or anything um but like when people are in his presence like even in the non-canon book uh, episode three novelization like yoda like in, in when yoda goes to confront him before they even get started with a duel yoda's just like oh shit he just realizes that he can't win he's like he's just radiates power and the dark side so, but I you can definitely see like recently like, he would not want to be out in public unless he absolutely has to, and and like uh, like an authoritarian regime, if he's not out there, he can then like if if it's just his toadies doing the bad stuff, he can just like they can be cast aside in a moment's notice when it's when it's convenient for him to get rid of them, because it wasn't him that was doing it; it was them. Yeah, it's it's pitch perfect. I, I confirmed her name is Sienna. I was not sure, but I confirmed it. Um, you seem sure. So, points to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any additional notes for the episode. I do want to say that I think this is... the This episode plus the previous episode are just phenomenal. Um, I want Bad Batch to do this. I want, I want them to flesh out... Sort of the Rex post-war story about what happens to these millions of clones. I like the assassination against Shuchi plot. Palpatine is pitch fucking perfect in this. It's gorgeous, in my opinion. I don't have more thoughtful commentary than that today. All right, so cool. Now, so now's the time where we do our. Uh, rating of an episode we rate episodes by a star wars character a really great episode would be an original trilogy characters such as han luke leia vader Chewie, etc a really bad episode would be um i don't know like the the bestman guard with the kind of weird mustache or the um you just got a figure 
the the X-wing pilot with um with hockey hair from A New Hope. <laughs> so what do you give this episode, Matt? Um, I'm giving this episode a dogma because dogma was a clone who put a gun in the face of a fascist and pulled the trigger because fuck punk row. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Dogma stood up to a fascist and paid the price. That's actually, yeah, that's a good, that's a good episode. Um, that's a, sorry, not an episode. That's a good uh, call. I I'm gonna change mine. Uh, I'm gonna change mine to Pong Krell um, because nice. <laughs> because that in in that um, in that arc, it's so like there's such betrayal, um, and they're like they're just treated like tools, and he you know, he treats them like shit, or Anakin treats them like like um, real people. And so just, yeah, this episode was just like, it's just like, it was, just, it was a bit of a gut punch at the end. It's like, oh, no, you succeeded, but you still failed. Like, like I agree with you all the way about, about your rating. I chose Dogma because I, I wanted, I want the clones to ultimately succeed in their struggle. All right. But anyways, all right. So, um, so, uh, that's the show. Thanks for listening. We know we're glad, um, we're glad people are listening. Be sure to uh, give us a rank, a uh, high rank on whatever your podcast aggregator is. Five stars, two thumbs up, whatever. And uh, go ahead, if you could, tell a friend who likes Star Wars about us. And um, if you think we suck, tell somebody you don't like about us just to waste their time. So we'll be back um, with the episode nine of The Bad Batch. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All right.